Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashach. And Mashach grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness, for I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach, 
take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, and apply them to the four Hebrew letters, Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors. That his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever.
Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Tessera Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abed Yahu or uh, Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh. I speak to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, who is our elder brother, our king, and our high priest. On today's show, we're going over part two of the spiritual Torah of the Pashak and the Chayak HaMazah, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So we are not only on Blog Talk Radio, but we are live on Zoom. Hallelujah. And so we are so excited uh, to have people not only able to watch what's going on on the screensaver um, of our studios here, but we are able to speak to you in the name of Yahweh. So I'm very excited. This is our first day ever doing a virtual webinar of Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, as well as doing the show. Now, for those of you who would like to see the show, not just hear it, uh, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we will send you a link so that you'll be able to get daily um, teachings from Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, you'll be able to see it and not so much hear it because we're going to go ahead and shift into our virtual webinar and we're going to phase out the blog talk um, teaching. So um, it is something that we are doing and we are very excited about that. Hallelujah. So uh, once again, this is our first time doing this, not only doing it through blog talk radio, but we also connected to Zoom. So we are very excited about that. All righty. Well, today is Saturday, April the 4th, 2020, according to the man-made Gregorian calendar of the Jesuits and the Roman Catholic Church. It is, hallelujah, it is the first day of Chag Hatmazah. This is the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We are so excited, hallelujah, right, for the Abib Moedim, the, the spring feast, um, for we are to keep these particular feasts, okay? So I'll go over that in Scripture, okay, and in other uh, aspects, and we are going to bring to you the physical, the spiritual intent of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as well as to Peshach, okay? So I hope everyone had enjoyed their Peshach meal and their remembrance meal, um, you know, renewing your vows with Yahweh yet again and having a reevaluation as far as where you are in Yahweh. I'm very excited for that. I'd like to thank all of um, my particular brothers and sisters that were at the either the Zoom or came here to the Kingdom Harvest uh, to celebrate Peshach with us. Uh, I'd like to thank the Seventh-day Harvest with uh, Pastor uh, Anthony Douglas and his Isha. Um, Sister Douglas, we, we thank them both so much for uh, dropping in um, through Zoom. Um, Elder Wiggins was with us as well. Uh, shalom, shalom unto him. Also to our dear brother, um, Yausuf, he was with us as well. 
uh, Elder and Sister Richardson was also joining us through Zoom. Um, also, we had um, our dear sister Samathia and her husband, um, Alan, come in to talk teach from Georgia. Hallelujah. And they stopped in um, to celebrate the feast with us. And Zara and her daughters, they was here as well. And uh, sister, I can't forget, um, our dear sister, uh, Sister Constantine, uh, joined us through Zoom, as well as Sister Jeter from Pittsburgh. Shalom, shalom unto you as well. Um, this particular uh, teaching um, today is brought to you by Salt, uh, Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. It is also brought to you by the Palmer Family Foundation in California, by the Bullock Family Foundation in Arizona, and also by the Jones Family Foundation out in Nevada. Shalom, shalom unto all of you. Uh, I mean, there's no announcements, really, because we took care of all of that, right? Um, at 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, um, for those of you who are on the West Coast at 12 noon, we will have a Zoom. Uh, you'll be able to participate live with us as we talk about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Pashak, um live at the Kingdom Harvest. If you'd like to join us, simply just go ahead and email us at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. Talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will send a Zoom invitation out to you uh, when the time arises or right before it. You can go ahead and join us. Hallelujah. So I'm very excited about that. We will also do a teaching uh, pertaining to our spring feast on tomorrow. Okay. We'll do that not only on Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, but we're going to also do it through Zoom. So once again, if you'd like to see the teaching, email us at talkteachtestify at gmail.com and I will be able to send that link out to you. All right. I believe that is it for all of the announcements. Uh, we're going to go straight into the instruction. Um, I'm very excited to bring forth this teaching to you. And uh, for those of you who are on Zoom, um, I'll be doing a lot of screen sharing, so that way you can see exactly what we are talking about. We've done a test already, um, you know, as far as the video is concerned. Um, I won't be using the whiteboard um, any today, but I will indeed show you um, the scriptures from the ESOR. Um, not only that, but I will also show you the ancient writings um, of the Hebrew text, so that way you'll be able to see it as well with us. Okay, so I will be alternating back and forth, not only with the Hebrew um, writings, the uh, Paleo-Hebrew, but also more so with the uh, writings that we see in the scriptures in English, okay? So um, just giving those instructions out to the Zoomer, uh, to, the, to the Zoom viewers, uh, okay? Uh, the Zoomers, I like that, so that's pretty good. All right. We went over what is Peshach, where did we first see it at, 
and et cetera, et cetera. So let's go over, first and foremost, uh, the scripture that we read on yesterday pertaining to the Pashak. The Pashak means what? It it talks about the offering, okay? So, uh, is you know, Pashak means to skip over, okay? Um, it also means um, to, uh, and I hope people can get this, it also means to halt, to skip over or to pass over, okay? So that's what Pashak is, okay? It's a revelation to that. Um, that term was also used when uh, Eliyahu or Elijah was speaking to the prophets um, at uh, Mark Carmel, and we'll, we'll look at that a little bit more, okay? All right, let's go over the instruction. Let's go to Shamut, and then I'm going to go to Genesis in just a minute. But let's go to the book of Shamut, okay? Shamut chapter 12, okay? Shamut chapter 12. All right, Shamut chapter 12. Let's look at the first verse. All right, let me go ahead and do this. Okay, here we go. All right. And Yahuwah spoke unto El Masha and El Haran in the land of Misraim, saying, This Kodash, Kodash, does that mean new month? I mean, new moon, it means new month. It has nothing to do with the moon. We went over those scriptures in Jubilee chapter 2 and chapter 6. So if you need to refresh that, go to that. This Kodush shall be unto you, what? Uh, It says, Rosh HaKodashim, which means the beginning of month. It shall be the Roshan Kodush of what? Of Hashanah to you. It shall be the first, what? New month of the year to you. Speak ye unto, unto all the assembly of Yasharia, saying, In the tenth um, yum of this Kodush, they should take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for the house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor Next unto his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you should take it out from the sheep or from the goat. Verse 6 is quite tricky. This is what it should say. And you shall keep it until the 14th Yom, which is the 14th day of the same Kodash. Then all the assembly of the congregation of Yashariel shall kill it between the evenings. Okay, there's a Hebrew word there. It's Beni Horebim. Okay, Beni Horebim means between the evenings. Okay. So I'm showing that to our Zoom viewers uh, right there 
between the evenings, okay? So you should see this. You should see what? First of all, you should see Benny, okay? Okay, here's Benny right here. That's Benny Haharebin. Okay, there it is. When you read it from right to left, you should see Bet, Yah, and Nun. That's Ben. Okay? Or that's Benny. Okay, Benny means between. Okay? We're going to look at that. That's Strong's Concordance. I believe that's Strong's Concordance H996. Okay? Benny. Benny means between. Between the evening? No, between the evenings. You see Strong's Concordance H6153. You see Horeb. Horeb means the dusk of the day or the evening. But we see it in the plural sense. Ha Horebin. Ha means the, and then you see Horeb Horebin. Between the evenings. Beni Horebin. So the King James Version and other versions have it wrong because they are not supposed to kill the particular lamb in the evening. They were supposed to kill it between the evenings. It is written right there. Hallelujah. Okay? So that's what you see there between the evenings. Okay. So let's go back to our reading. We got the understanding that the nation of Yashariel, when they was in captivity in Misraim, they were supposed to, on the 10th day, bring the lamb within their homes. And they were supposed to treat it like a family member. And then on the 14th day of the same Kodesh, which is the month of Abib, the spring month, the first month, on the 14th day between the evenings, they were supposed to kill the lamb. Now let's look at it from the renewed covenant. Let's look at the spiritual intent as to how Yahusha, who was the lamb, okay, and this was declared by Yahukahanan or John being Mercer. We're going to read that right here in the book of Yahukahanan. So I'm going to bring it right here. Here it is. Yahukahanin, John chapter 1, verse number 29. It clearly states, The next day, Yahukahanin sees Yahusha coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of Elohim, which takes away the sin of the world. There's the cosmos right there. Okay? So, it shows us right there that Yahusha was sent by Yahweh to free or to take away the sin of the cosmos, to take away the sin from the powerful, harmonious creation that Yahuwah had created in the first place, in the beginning. Sin was introduced by Adam, okay, and then death came right after that, because that is the wages of sin, right? So we see, behold, 
the Lamb of Elohim has been brought forth so that everything could be restored. It was all about what? All about redemption. Hallelujah. So that's why Yahusha came to this earth. He came so that, hallelujah, so that his people can be restored back into the Father. Okay? He told us he only came for the lost sheep of the nation of Yashariel. Very point blank and simple. Okay? So there it is, the Lamb of Elohim. So when Yahukahana identified who the Lamb of Elohim was, who is Yahusha, then guess what? Now everybody should have known by now the physical, the spiritual intent of the Lamb. And this is why we are to keep the Peshach. Now, did they keep the Peshach every year? And they surely did. Let's look at Numbers, or we call it by Mitzvah, chapter 9. Okay? And they kept it even during the time of Yahusha. We read that they were preparing for the Peshach meal as he met with the disciples in what we call the upper room. By Mitzvah, which means in the wilderness, chapter number 9, verse 1 says, And Yahuwah spoke unto El Masha in the wilderness of Sinai, in the what? In the Rashan Kodash, in the first month of the second year. Okay, now Yahuwah is speaking to Masha to remind him after they were come out of the land of Israel, saying, let the children of Yashariel also keep what? The Peshach. The word Hasa means to what? To do or to make or to appoint, to accomplish. Let the children of Yashariel also Hasa what? The Peshach at his Moad. That means the appointed time or the appointed season. Okay, this was a reminder to the nation of Yashariel as to how they were delivered. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is why they kept the Peshach. This is why we should keep it as well, so that we can remember how we were delivered. Hallelujah. Right? Yahusha added the, what we call the Hagi or Hagamil which is um, the Hebrew for the remembrance meal. Yahusha did not have the Passover meal with the Talmudim because he was the Passover. Hallelujah. So we want to uh, make that crystal clear. He instituted a remembrance meal to his Talmudim, to his disciples, so that we would do this in remembrance of him. That's the breaking of the bread and also the drinking of the wine. Okay? That's to uh, make that crystal clear. Okay. So, so far, so good, right? Okay. Let's go yet and still uh, back to Shamu. No, I, I want to keep reading um, numbers because if you are unable to be with your family, then guess what? you should be able to uh, do a retake, okay? Let's read what are the qualifications for the retake, okay? 
So let's let's look at that. Okay. Verse number three. Once again, we are in five mitzvah. Numbers chapter nine, verse three. In the fourteenth day of this kodesh, between the evenings, it says at evening. That will be wrong. Okay. Because you have to look at the Hebrew writing. Once again, it says Horeb. Horebin. So you would say Ben or Benni. Okay? So there's Benni right there. You see Benni. Benni means between. Horebin means evening. Evenings. So there it is. In the 14th day of this Kodash, between the evenings, you should keep it in his Moed, in his appointed time. Okay? So I'm showing the people on Zoom, there's Benni and there's Horebin. Okay? You might see Horeb as Strong's Concordia's H6153, but there is the term Horebin, okay, which is written in the Hebrew text. Okay, it says in the fourteenth day at this month between the evenings what? You shall keep it in his Moed, in his appointed time or appointed season. According to all the rights of it the manner or the ordinance or the custom of keeping Pashak. And according to all the ceremonies, the Mishpat, okay? So they were supposed to do all of the rituals. You shall keep it. And Masha spoke to the children of Yashoria that they should keep the Pashak. And they kept the Pashak on the 14th day of the first Kodash, between the evenings in the what? In the midbar of Sinai, according to all that Yahuwah commanded Masha. Verse 6 says, And there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man that they could not keep the Peshach on that day. And they came before Masha and before Aharon on that day. And those men said unto him, We are defiled by the dead body of a man. Wherefore are we kept back? that we may not offer an offering of Yahuwah in its appointed time among the children of Yashariel. And Masha said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what Yahuwah will command concerning you. And Yahuwah spoke to Masha, saying, Speak unto the children of Yashariel, saying, If any man of you or of your prosperity, uh, prosper, um, be, you know, shall be unclean, by reason of a dead body, or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep a shack unto Yahweh. Listen to what Yahweh tells him in the next verse. The 14th day of the what? Shani Kodash, which means the second month. Between the evenings, they shall keep it and eat it with what? With mazah, which is unleavened bread, and mahoch, which is bitter herbs. Hallelujah. Same instructions. Okay? Same instructions 
pertaining to uh, to Yahweh, to the children of Yashariah for the first month in the 14th day between the evenings, if you were handling business, touching a dead body, or you wasn't with your family, then you had a retake. They call it the second Pashak, or the Shani Pashak. Okay, Shani means second. Okay. Read it in verse 7. It clearly states, and they should take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. All right. Verse 8 says, And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire in what? Mazat, unleavened bread. And with the what? The masor, bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor solder at all with water, but roast with fire. His head with his legs and with the appurtenance, like we're breaking up a little bit. Um, everybody on Zoom, are we okay? I want to make sure everybody on Zoom is on one accord here, okay? Because we want to make sure that the teaching gets out um, to Zoom as well as the radio broadcast. Okay? So are we on one accord? Okay, hallelujah. All right. Let's go on to the next verse. All right. We are still in Shamut. Once again, I'm just speaking pertaining when did the nation of Yashariel receive the instructions. Verse 10 says, and you shall let nothing of it remain until what? How park off until the morning. And that which remains of it until the morning, and you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and eat it in haste. It is Yahuwah's Peshach. For I, will land, for I will pass through the land of Mizraim this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Mizraim, both man and beast, and against all the mighty ones of Yashariel, I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will what? Peshach, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Mitzrayim. And this day shall be unto you for a what? A zakaron. The zakaron is a memorial. And you shall keep it a chag which is a feast, to Yahuwah throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by a ordinance 
a custom, you should do it in appointed manner forever. Okay, hallelujah. So Yahuwah gave us a decree to keep the Peshach forever. As long as you are a child of Yashariel, either grafted in or you are in through the Ruach HaKodesh, the set-apart spirit of Yahweh, you are to keep the Peshach forever. Okay. Going back to Yavgahanan. Going back to John chapter 1. Verse 36 says this. Again, Tamedim. And looking upon Yahusha as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of Elohim. Now, I showed you earlier what uh, Yahgahanan said in verse 29. He repeats it again in verse 36. Behold, the Lamb of Elohim. Okay? We're starting to see in the Brit HaKadasha or in the Renewed Covenant the transition of the physical to spiritual intent of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, Alif Kepha, First John chapter 1. Here's another one. Alif Kepha, First Peter chapter 1. Let's see what verse we want to go to. Let's go to verse 19. But with the precious blood of Mashiach, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who barely was foreordained, he was predestinated before the foundations of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Now, does it mean that Yahusha was sitting with Elohim the whole time? No, he was predestinated. He was prophetically spoken in nature, in creation, by Yahweh. Okay? He was foreordained. He was predestinated. What do you think would happen with Abraham? Abraham looked at the stars. He was able to see the Lamb. When he looked at the constellation we call Aries, right? That, that a ram, right? The lamb. He was able to know that the lamb would be slaughtered. Because Abraham himself did it. After they called, quote unquote, the ram in the bush. Remember what Abraham told Isaac. After Isaac said, we got the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb? Elohim will provide us one. Abraham forth knew when he looked at the constellations how the Mashiach would come and will be. That's why it says here, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Keep reading. Look at verse 21. Who by him do believe in Elohim, which raised him up from the dead. So that counsels Yahusha being Yahweh in the flesh. It lets you know that Elohim raised Yahweh up from 
said. Hallelujah. The victory over the grave. Who by him do believe in Yahweh, who raised him up from the dead. Listen, and gave him esteem. That your belief, your immunity, your absolute belief and hope might be in Elohim. This is why Yahuwah did this. Hallelujah. He raised up his only begotten son, his special child, Yahusha, so that our absolute belief and our hope might be in Elohim. And because of our hope, now we keep the appointed feast. Now we keep the word of Torah. We do the works of Torah. We know the physical and spiritual intent. Why? Because of our belief. How do you think you received the Ruach HaKodesh? As Peter asked. Galatians. Do you think you got it based on your works or of your belief? Verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth, do the Ruach Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of Elohim, which lives and abides forever. So we see a powerful revelation here. Hallelujah. We see the physical, the spiritual intent. That's what I love. Hallelujah. All right. Um, answering more questions uh, before we go into the unleavened bread. Um, someone asked me, why do we have to do the foot washing? Okay. There are a couple of reasons. We're looking at the book of Luke, chapter 7. Let's look at verses 36 through 50. This is going to be powerful here. Luke, chapter 7. Let's start with verse 36. All right, we ready? Here we go. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city. Now, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spoke without within himself, saying, This man, if he was a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Listen to this. And Yahusha answered, said unto answering, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. Here's the prophetic word. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. One owed 500 pence and the other 50. 
and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will he love the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he, to whom he gave, forgave the most. And he said unto him, you have rightly judged. This is powerful here. Verse 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, have not stopped to kiss my feet. My head with oil did not, you did not anoint, but this woman had anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is given or forgiven, the same loves little. And he said unto her, your sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this man that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, your absolute belief have saved you. Go in shalom. This is a powerful revelation right here because we always talk about the person who sins the most. Hmm. Never knowing that once that person comes into tabula, into repentance, Yahuwah will love them the most. Powerful. This is pertaining to the feet washing. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. I like that one in the book of Luke, though. <laughs> I love them both, but that, that was very good. Verse 6 of Matthew chapter 26. Now, when Yahusha was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of precious anointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his Tamidim saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this anointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Yahusha understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work unto me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this anointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Did y'all get that? That's why Mary Magdalene and the other Mary could not anoint the body of the Mashiach because he was already gone. When? During the Yom Habakkarim, during the day of first fruits, he was arisen. We're going to read that in a moment from Uyaikra chapter 23. Let's read verse 13 and then I'll get to that. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this good news shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, 
that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. This is a powerful revelation, brothers and sisters, because her name is not even mentioned, but it is her deed, her work, that she felt in the Ruach, in her Ruach, that she should do for the Malek, for the king, or for the Malek, Malekum, for the king of kings, do these particular works of Torah as servants. Not doing it because we know so much or because uh, we're better than the next person. These particular appointed feasts or these wedding rehearsals, they should humble us to remind us as to why Yahuwah gave us salvation. You're not doing these appointed feasts to receive salvation. You're doing these appointed feasts because you already have salvation. It is a representation to the whole earth as who you are and whose you are. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look at Uyaikra. Let's look at Leviticus 23. I'll touch briefly about the unleavened bread, and then we'll go tomorrow um, into um, the day of first fruits. Leviticus 23. Now, we know that these are the Chag, the feast of Yahweh. Yahweh explains in verse 3 the Shabbat. He explains in verse 5 between the evenings in the 14th day of the first month is Yahuwah's Peshach. We read in verse 6 on the 15th day of the same Kodash is the Chag Hatmazah, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Right? And we're to do it for seven days. Listen to how this is explained in verse 9 as far as the Yom Habakarim is concerned. And then I will bring you back to the uh, Unleavened Bread teaching, and then we're going to conclude it on tomorrow, both on Zoom and through Blog Talk Radio. Verse 9, And Yahuwah spoke to Masha saying, Speak unto the children of Yahshua, and say unto them, When you be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest, which is the kazia, the harvest thereof, you shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest unto me. Okay? We're getting that? Hallelujah. Okay. Watch this. It's about bringing wood harvest, the barley harvest, unto what? Hakohan, unto the priest. Verse 11. Listen. And he shall wave the sheaf, which is the amel, before Yahuwah to be accepted for you on the morrow after. Uh, pay attention. On the morrow after the Shabbat, the Kohan, the priest, shall wave it. Question, when are you supposed to, not you, but when was the high priest supposed to present the harvest or the first fruits of the harvest 
before Yahuwah. The morrow after the Shabbat. There is the Hebrew term min makarat, which means the next day. So, brothers and sisters, question. If yesterday we kept Pashak, and today we're keeping the first day of what we call the Chak Hot Mazat, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lands on the Shabbat, the morrow after the Shabbat, which is tomorrow, is the Yom Habakarim. You see how simple Yahuwah keeps things, but yet man continues to complicate it because they don't have the mindset of the one who has been set apart. There it is. The morrow after the Shabbat. This is when Yahusha arose. We'll talk about that on tomorrow. This is why he had to stay in the grave for three days and three nights. When Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the grave, he was gone. And it was not on Easter. Let's get that clear. And it was not done on a Sunday. If people only knew why Sunday or how Sunday became the first day of the week, then they would say something differently. Verse number 12, and you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf a he lamb without blemish at the first year for a burnt offering unto Yahweh. I hope y'all got that right there. Yahusha became the acceptable sacrifice unto Yahweh. There should be a statue without throughout your generations, in all your dwellings. We're supposed to forever remember Yahuwah. Okay? Very powerful there. Okay. So now let's talk about the unleavened bread. Uh, We have a couple more minutes to go over that, and then I will be done with that. Let's look at when Yahuwah spoke first about the Massah, which is unleavened bread. You're going to go back to Shamu chapter 12, and let's look at a very key verse. Let's look at verse number 15. Shall you eat Massah? That's the unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away the leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eats, what, the hamats, which is leaven bread, from the first day until the seventh day, that so shall be cut off from your shariel. Now, what is the representation of leaven and unleavened bread? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Because it is here where the emissary, known as Shaul, the Apostle Paul, he explains what leaving and unleaving means. Let's look closely. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. All right. We're going to look at verse number 6. Your esteeming is not good. Oh, that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
Leaven is the representation of what? Of sin, of disobedience. Do you know that a little sin, it defiles the whole lump? Verse 7, purge out, therefore, the old leaven, the old man, the lustful man, the sinful nature of man, that you may be a new lump. You are what? Born again. That you are refreshed as you are unleavened. For even Mashiach, our Peshach, is sacrificed for us. You see that? Very powerful. How the Passover allows you to escort you or you're able to enter into becoming unleavened. Look at verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the chag, not with old leaven. You can't come as the old man. You cannot come full of sin and full of um, the nature of sin, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Very powerful there. So, yesterday or coming into today, we're supposed to come together on the first day of unleavened bread as a congregation. Here it is, Leviticus chapter 23. Let's read verse number 6. And on the 15th day of the same Kodesh is the feast of unleavened bread, which is the Chag Unto Yahweh, seven days you must eat what? Mazah, to eat the what? To eat the Mazah. And the first day you shall have a what? Kodush, a set-apart micra, a set-apart rehearsal or assembly. You shall do no civil work therein. Why? Because Yahuwah established the Shabbat, that we are not to do no work. And here it is on the 15th day of the first month. This is how you know how to keep the Shabbat. So, today is the Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom to all of you. And it's also Shamach Chag Hatmazah. It is the feast, the first day of the feast of unleavened bread. All right. As far as Blog Talk Radio is concerned, that is it for me. Hallelujah. I thank all of you so much for tuning in, and uh, please join us tomorrow at 12 noon as we conclude our teaching. And we're going to hear from other particular um, um, Tamidim of the Kingdom Harvest as they tell you more about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the day of first fruits. I'm very excited to bring forth that teaching unto you on tomorrow. Uh, we'll go over more about the unleavened bread, and then we'll go right into the day of first fruits. All right? I say unto one and say unto all, Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Enjoy the uh, Abib Moadim. Enjoy the spring feast. And... Um, I hope that everyone has or will.